Hi there, and welcome to The Light Experiments. This conversation was recorded the day following the one captured in our previous episode, Questioning Everything, because those questions just would not stop coming and we had to roll with them. So if you haven't already caught episode 21, we recommend you head there first. And if you have, thank you so much for continuing on this very wild ride with us. At the heart of this discussion are really questions of wisdom, what it takes, what it offers, and what it's worth to us in our everyday lives. Again, thank you for being here with us. We so appreciate your presence. Enjoy. Talk to me. I'm going to sip on my coffee. Yeah, me too. Um, Just so much. It's just so much. It's so fundamental and really is existential in nature, this inquiry. I now understand why people say, you've got too much time on your hands. I think it might be better to be otherwise occupied and to be like, I don't have time to entertain these thoughts. Just let them float through. Get a fucking hobby. (laughs) (laughs) So interesting. So many interesting um, perceptions since our conversation yesterday. So in the afternoon, we, Tudor watched all of it. I was dipping in and out of a live stream of a funeral of an old friend from Perth who took his own life. And, you know, in those moments in our life experience, they're really poignant and touching and meaningful and reflective and all of that. So there was that depth of experience in there. And Tudor and I were talking about, you know, how how he could come to make a decision like that and follow through with it that there were hundreds, literally hundreds of people at his funeral who loved him. And we were talking about the turmoil and torment and torture that must be in somebody's mind and body and heart to have all of that around them and a young family and an older family and all of this and still feel that there's something that can't be fixed. And I said, you know, I just, I can't imagine what it would be like or would have been like to be in his head, you know? And anyway, Tudor made this comment. He goes, you know, for you, babe, like you're one of the lucky ones. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, when you go inward, you get to go to amazing places. You're not like the rest of us. You have a wealth of experience that is beyond the mundane. I was like, wow. Okay. Noted. I don't know what that means in all of this, but it felt like it was a, you know, got me there. And then I was thinking like, you know, these circular conversations, like we go all the way out there, all the way out. And then it has to come back. So what does that mean? It comes back to me slash we. Because then it's like, okay, if it's not about unraveling it all to the end point and completely understanding all of it, then it's about what's in front of me right now, like a dirty toilet or a lunch that needs to be made or the ne- it's the next thing. It's the next thing. So what gives me meaning in that 
It's feeling. Feeling is something that we didn't touch on yesterday, but is a profound human experience. And if it's not for anything else, then it's for feeling love, for the love of it. And that can have all the different words, connection, meaning, appreciation, gratitude, joy, just bliss, or even pain and heartache. And I don't know, It's it was coming up for me yesterday in our conversation, but there wasn't a place to put it and I didn't really know where it fitted. And I was reminded again of God consciousness, whatever that is, speaking in the conversations God books about feelings being the compass, being the 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 the, the, the touchstone, the true north. The gauge, yeah. The gauge, yeah, yeah. The other piece I wanted to share with you was what did I write down here? Anyway, I asked two questions. What are my shadows? What are my fears? Mm. And I was thinking this morning in the shower, fears and beliefs, fears and beliefs. Mm, mm. Interesting. There's an interesting crossover or there's an interesting intersection there. And then I got some channeling. Is it? I don't know. Is it just an aspect of me reinforcing what I think I believe? I don't know. (laughs) Um, Here we go. So, Rami, what are the shadows that we carry? I said to her. She said, dear Amy, The shadows we carry are reflections of the most fundamental of all human fears, the fear that the illusion is real, that the separation felt in the human realm is total and permanent, and that while a human body is inhabited, it is up to and rests solely upon that form to imagine, create, drive, and force all of life to be what is decreed as most favoured based on preference and metric. It is not for the faint of heart to carry shadows such as these, for they are fundamental, foundational, and extremely heavy. Now that we have named these shadows and recognised their resonance within us, Rami Mm. says, Interesting. We are free and empowered to actively allow their transmutation from poison to medicine. I don't know what that means, but we, I would like to hear what you have. <laughs> I feel like we've touched, like something's been um, cut open and it's really old and ancient or it's really fundamental. This is the word that you keep using. And I feel like we've just placed our fingers very gently into the absolute centre of this thing. I can't explain it. But, Amy, first of all, the belief thing after our text messages, after our conversation yesterday, it was when I was driving home from checking on mum, I, I realised I had I had a belief after saying to you, no, I don't really believe anything, you know. But I was like, no, of course I do. And I wrote to you about how I thought it was something around separation being an illusion and the source of of all our fear and all the iterations of fear that we experience. And then when I was lying in bed last night, it distilled down even further. I was thinking about it and I was like, where did that come from, that belief? what, Where is that? And it just, 
it crystallized into, aside from the words separation and illusion and fear and all of that, what it, what it distilled down into was I believe that there is more going on here than is obvious. And that is a belief that is born from experience across lots of different experiences in my life, but most notably the one that kick-started my entire spiritual journey, which was with you in 2016. And I had an experience that confirmed what I already suspected in an extremely obvious physical way. So it was interesting thinking about that, Amy, because I was like, oh, I feel like I can rest in that a little bit because okay. even, even the talking about I believe that separation is an illusion, mm, where did that come from? I feel like that's come from somewhere else, mm-hmm. right? So I was trying to pull it back to the fundamental, to the source of that. So I'm putting that out there. That's something I believe. It's something that I teach my children, like not imp- not like explicitly, <laughs> but I, it comes through in a lot of the stuff that I say and I had to reflect on that too. Okay, so I am actually perpetuating this belief and there's something around mortality in there, this, this fear of death, which is often cited as the ultimate fear because if you deny the divine, then death is the ultimate fear because how can you, there is nothing, there is obliteration or there is punishment or there is there is just a world of all sorts of fears that go on there. And, of course, it was through an experience of death I began to commune with life and then I understood that death was not what was largely understood by those around me, okay? So, again, that's something that I teach my children and I have to own that. That's a belief, but it was born from, I can only say, through a personal experience and then it has been and maybe I have actively sought evidence to reinforce this belief and maybe I've just done a damn good job of finding the right sources of information to reinforce this belief or I tapped into a truth and then it opened up a world to me okay you and just interesting that you opened this with an experience another experience of death and how that somehow sows us more deeply into life in a way so you I love this about you and it's so there's your there's your Scorpio moon like just serving and serving and serving and serving oh my god tuning in to the feeling tuning in to the very raw and real experience of being alive, away from what is perhaps textbook or what are the words? Sanitized. Mm. Just the raw motherfucking feeling of Mm. the whole thing. Okay. Mm. Amazing. And I'm gonna I'm gonna sit in that because it's such a huge piece of conversations with God. 
And we've talked about how these things resonate in your body when that's how you know that something is, well, if not true, certainly aligned with where you are at. Let's call it that. Mm, mm. It's a harmonic of, mm-hmm. oh, I see you. I'm meeting you here on this frequency. So there's a lot to be, there's a lot to be talked about there. What's interesting is that I listened to our recording after you sent it to me last night. Oh, you brave girl. (laughs) Yeah, brave girl. I couldn't help myself. Mm. Okay, what I could hear is that we were reaping the rewards of our challenging experience right there and then. I was like, God, you can hear us. We were being lit like in a way we were like, we were being lit by this extraordinary exploration. So in my mind, I'm observing us thinking, <laughs> we're asking what it's all for and yet listen to us. There's this interesting aliveness going on here. There's this interesting, there's new territory. Even though it feels like familiar and old territory, that we're going somewhere new. Mm-hmm. Or something. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I I, I reflected on that and I thought, okay, so I think one of the things I was, I was quoting at the end there um, was the teaching around, you know, you can have what you want, but you are gifting yourself with pittance when there is great wealth in spirit to be conferred, you know? And I was like, well, what, what, what is the wealth in spirit? (laughs) Because I'm here on the ground and I'm not sure what wealth and spirit will offer me, but I need money. Mm. So here we have a very, it's like, okay, then then the word wisdom was 100% pulled into the centre of my consciousness. So I started contemplating the idea that had that was arising in me that what we had touched on, which is there is only one way to know a thing, truly know a thing, and that is by experiencing that thing. You cannot read 900 books on the subject and know it. You have to live it. Mm. So in my 2.30 a.m. freak out of, you know, I've got no money, what am I going to do? I'm living a lie. This is delusional. I'm insane. What the fuck? And all of that. Mm. I had this juxtaposition of I know that I am gaining something in this, which I could not have got to any other way. The question is, do I want it? Okay. So my notes, my notes go something like this. I've heard the definition of wisdom as being the knowing as of God, which in itself we could extrapolate that (laughs) and have a really big conversation about that. Mm. If wisdom is the knowing as of God and it can only be accrued through experience, is the implication then that God, life, nature, source, as us, already knows and we are simply remembering through our lived experience so that it's ultimately embodied and actualized? Or 
is God as us learning slash knowing through us slash itself in real time? (laughs) So given that time is apparently another illusion (laughs) and and everything is happening simultaneously, does that then mean that we, with inverted commas, are God itself learning, experiencing, knowing itself from infinite perspectives right here, right now? Like is God learning now through us? Is this the, like I was trying to ascertain in my body, are we remembering or are we discovering as creating. God, creating. <laughs> so this, these were some big ideas. Big? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. What was you, so you're trying to ascertain through your body, what was your body giving you back? Both and. <laughs> <laughs> I've written here, no one sets out to become wise, do they? But most of us set out to become comfortable, successful, free. And that's really I guess, an interesting question. I've always wanted to be wise. Have you? I've always, always admired. You know, when you look at a thing and you're like, I'd love to have, I'd love to be that. Well, that's, I love that you have just told me that. Because in my mind, I was like, most of us set out to become comfortable, successful, free, or, you know, whatever, mm. and I guess wisdom may or may not be accrued through the process of attaining those things or experiencing those things, I guess, just depending on the state of consciousness and, and I guess the degree of humility because whatever, mm. dot, dot, dot. For sure. And you know what? I've had for a long time a feeling that I was going to have to learn through poverty and it's obviously been either a self-fulfilling prophecy or I knew something mm. before I walked into it. So here I am. And I am learning. That is 100% clear. I am experiencing and I am learning at the same time. Mm. Okay. But now what? Mm. And this is the so-called breakthrough that I've been curious about. The transition through an experience to knowing. There are no shortcuts. Like you have to let the thing live its whole life through you. Mm. And in my case, Like it feels like I want to come out the other side of this unknown Mm. to something else, to something beyond what is already known, which is what I'm feeling so disconnected from, Mm. the the known aspect, the known paradigm. Mm. And I realise like, oh, my God, this is the edge. It's the liminal space between the known and the other field of whatever that is, the unknown. Yeah, it, and I'm so pleased you said that because that was the word that came up in my consciousness. I've heard, I'm sure I've heard it said before, but, you know, it is the unknowable. And you cannot know, yeah. It, and and it, that it feels like the edge, like where right. we're standing right now is on the edge of that looking for something known or something that we can know yet it is in its very self and nature the unknowable Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Hmm. Does accruing wealth in spirit, which has not been defined, but the but the word wisdom somehow comes into that for me because it's like knowing experience, mm. all of that. Does that mean having to feel uncomfortable the whole time? Because let's face it, the gems that we're collecting are most often found in abundance when we are incredibly uncomfortable in physical form in one way or another. And I'm like, I don't know how much longer I can do this. Mm. So where... So that's why I've been curious about this idea of breakthrough because it's like do you ever come out of the experience and graduate, right, like Mm. know the thing, right, Mm. Mm. and and then then Mm. move on to a different aspect of Mm. God, experience, life, source, to, 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 to play and explore that. Or is there just this sheer drop into Mm. this one deep cavern and in order to feel comfortable and 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 good in physical form whilst you might might feel wealthy in spirit wealthy in you know lived experience and understanding or truth or whatever you want to call it you need to like clamber out of there in order to feel comfort in physical form like is it one or the other yeah I don't know I know that Eckhart Tolle has been asked, can we learn through joy? Can we evolve through joy? (laughs) Mm, Good question. Right. And I don't want to even pretend that I'm paraphrasing him. I don't know. I, I just recall roughly that his response was, the analogy that I now use and have used twice now in our conversations about the creature coming out of the receding uh, waters, yeah. that's his. And I think it was in response to that. He's like, you can learn through everything. I think this is, you know, don't quote me. But there is something about the tension Mm. of experience perhaps out of your control even more than within your control because if it's coming from you it's not as easy to see perhaps I'm not sure Mm. Mm. there's something that that stretches your resources something that stretches your connection to life Mm. and asks you Do you want to go beyond or do you want to stay here and just accept? The sense in me is that eventually something gives. Mm -hmm. Like the Buddha attained enlightenment, Mm -hmm. didn't live his entire human existence striving for enlightenment. Mm He attained it. The breakthrough came. The tension eventually snaps. Like the animals climbed up onto the land. Mm -hmm. You know, like 
what it what goes out must come back. There is mm. there are these sort of like waves, ebbs and flows, peaks and troughs of things. Because also there is like this whole thing that occurs within this system that we have of choice and decision. So someone is bound by their story for as long as they believe mm. that they are. Mm-hmm. Okay, from today I decide my story no longer defines me. I I no longer put all of my belief in my story and I'm going to choose differently. Can we not do a similar kind of a thing. <laughs> okay, I have learned this experience. <laughs> yes. I am integrating the wisdom. I am like I'm integrating the awareness. Like cuz that's another thing in the CWG books. It's there is ultimate knowing uh in the outer unknowable and there is here intellectual understanding but as you say until there is lived experience there is not full awareness there is not integrated knowing so that's like okay I've lived it really? <laughs> I've lived it now but the thing is I don't really know what I know if I know, <laughs> you know no, like, I've no. experienced it but I don't know what that is Fully, yeah. You know? But like you said yesterday, the teachings the teachings say that it's working if you then yeah, are, are yeah. able to embody the fact that you don't know. No, yes. Because you and I have often said, yeah, but what happens? You know, you decide to go beyond the known and you, and you choose away from the known, which is actually what you and I are both doing at the moment, even though it feels like we're doing nothing. We're actually choosing away from history, away from the stuff that we've been over and over and over and over and over. Talk about repetition. So it's like we've reached this point where we're like, "Mm, this feels really uncomfortable now, more uncomfortable than that discomfort of not having, Mm, (laughs) actually, mm. to a degree. (laughs) Choosing beyond that and sort of trying to go towards the edge of something else and seeing what is on the other side of that or seeing what happens. And you said just again about the creature on the land and I thought, well, we sort of in theory know that the creature was became the first iteration of new life. It, it was transformed at least Within its lifetime, we know something happened. It may not have experienced it as transformation. But we know that something was instigated, catalyzed Mm. through Mm. the choice to go beyond, which was just a natural impulse, we imagine. It was not like a conscious decision, like, oh, I'm going to. It was just like I feel an urge to survive or to go beyond or what have you not to have my fate sealed here. Um, and there's that word again. Mm-hmm. And look and, and look at that that analogy. It almost like highlights the, the, the left-hand side of the column is staying in the waters and just going, okay, it's there's so much to be learned here and it's, you know, whatever. And then the other side of the line is, fuck it. Like I want to know what would happen 
if I dropped the paradigm and the only paradigm I have ever known and that those around me have ever known and see what happens. Mm. But itself might not have mm. experienced that in physical form. Yeah. Experienced it, but it did serve the whole. Yeah. This is just such an analogy, such a metaphor, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It served the entire whole yeah. in so doing. The other thing that has really that has struck me in this is I've just finished reading a book written by a Buddhist monk, and like a, a Lama, Tibetan Buddhist Lama, mm-hmm. and the Buddhists, you know, they don't talk about God. They talk oh. about the emptiness, the nothingness, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so he grew up in the tradition. So he was recognized as a Lama, you know, so his whole life was very specific and curated and managed so that he would spend hours in teaching, hours in meditation training, you know. And then he went and he was a he was a teacher and he was the head of his own monastery and all of that sort of stuff. And then he decided to go on retreat out into the world with nothing. And he thought that it was going to be this really um liberating um, joyful kind of exploration of the human life and existence and stuff. But what happened was that he was overcome by his own fear and anxiety and ended up almost dying. So he got food poisoning and went to just sit by this cremation stupor and and meditate his way, he thought, to death because he was dying And anyway, he ended up being saved by this person and woke up in the hospital. And the thing is that it was nothing like he expected it to be. And in the nearly dying, he realised all of the limitations and restrictions that his apparently very spiritual life and livelihood or all of the ways that they had limited and restricted him in his own advancement, I suppose, if you like, along this path of enlightenment. And then he realised that his impulse upon attaining this degree of enlightenment, which he did while he was almost dying and then waking up in the hospital, his only impulse was to go back and interact with life. It wasn't to be a light being and transcend out of this realm. realm. It was not to go back into his monastery where it was restricted and confined and curated, protected, Mm -hmm. but to go and interact with, I guess, perhaps this wealth of spirit, but he wouldn't call it that because... Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's not the lexicon mm-hmm. imbued with emptiness that he now embodied. Embodied. Wow. So it was while he, you know, he's sort of like, while my physical vehicle, while this physical vehicle, because it's no longer my, while this physical vehicle is alive, functioning, here it is. Love like, it. So I don't know what that means for you and I because <laughs> I would definitely not 
consider myself in <laughs> any kind of no, but it's a model and it's a, with him. Yeah. But it's another example, isn't it, of like mm, this mm. like embodiment of wisdom mm. that then doesn't take one away from life, but rather embeds in with it. Yeah, even further. Which is actually something else I was reflecting on last night about the alpinist. Is that even how you pronounce it? I think so, yeah. Because um, we joked about how we need to do an episode on that. Mm. And it's just interesting as I was thinking about it, I thought what what was so um, epitomised by that being and it was his intent to commune mm. with life. Mm. And he was going towards the edge of things and, right, but I felt an inherent envy, which is unusual for me at the moment because I don't I, because I don't have a lot of desires. I don't feel I feel so pleased for others, even when I yeah. It's an interesting thing I've noticed. My 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 comparisons have really changed, but I did feel with him. I was like, but he knew one hundred percent how to commune because he had this passion, this urge, this undeniable thing that he was compelled to do it was like being plugged in at a socket to a thing that he knew that that was the way to commune with life he knew that was him that was his way that was his embodied experience and I was like I wish I had a thing that I was plugged into that could anchor me in this life that I knew was my way was my thing, was my, you know, but I'm just a person on the ground doing very little of anything and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) So this takes us into relatively new territory, but I'm just placing that there because, (laughs) and I think you too, like you're a healer. We know that about you. So it's like you have at least this sense of, of what you are how you serve and all the rest of it on a on a on a physical level and I, I i would just be lovely to have that is i mm. guess my point mm. because I, I i sit here going yes okay i'm you know i'm <laughs> like the llama going back into the world and like okay it's just you and me life and it's time to get it's time to get cracking on the real stuff but i still don't know where to look mm. or where to go it's not a mountain that is calling me. No. And saying, climb me. Yeah. You know, it's kids saying, Mum, feed me. Yeah. Yeah. Clothe me and pay for my camp. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's just the other, that's just the other side of it too. Um, uh-huh. We could go for days. Days and days and days. Yeah, thank you for your time. Thank you, thank you. I really needed that too. I was going to say the exact same thing. Babes, have you got a second today? Because needed to, there was definitely something else that we needed to say and it probably will continue. Yeah, so be it. Love Love you. you. Bye. (laughs) Bye.